Welcome to Church at Home. I'm Pastor Jacob Aranza, and along with my beautiful wife, Michelle, it's our privilege to oversee all six campuses of our Savior's Church. And on behalf of all of our six pastors, I want to thank you for this incredible season and how well you've done joining us, standing with us, and making such a huge impact in our community during this COVID-19 crisis. Can I share something with you that is really exciting to me? This coming Sunday, that's right, June 7th, for the first time, we're going to be gathering together as a spiritual family again at all six of our campuses. That's right. June 7th, I can't wait to see you. Your campus pastors, they can't wait to see you. It's going to be an exciting time. Stay tuned. Look at social media. We're going to be sharing with you all the wonderful things that are going to be happening that day. And again, we can't wait to see you then. We've been in a three-part series called Heaven. Is it real? What's it like? And how do you get there? So I want to begin today by asking you a very important question. Might not seem very spiritual, but, but it's an important one. How do you get to Florida from Lafayette? How do you get to Houston from Lafayette. Well, I, I know what you're saying. You're, share, you're, you're sharing with others and you're looking at your TV going, what is pastor talking about? Well, you use I-10. That's how you get there. I-10 runs from Lafayette to Houston and from Lafayette to Florida. That's how you get there. Are you sure? Are there many ways to get there? Can't you just start driving and, and hope that you're going to end up there and be at the place of your favorite destination? Why not? Isn't it strange that there are logical principles that we apply to spiritual life that we don't apply to any other area of our life? What if I said to you, if you have a good heart, no matter which way you drive, if you want to end up at the beach, you will end up in Florida. It doesn't matter which way you go. What if I said to you, if you want to really end up in the mountains, it doesn't matter which way you drive. If it's in your heart that you want to be in the mountains, I promise you, if you drive, the mountains will come. You know what you would do? You look at me and you say, Pastor, are you out of your mind? I mean, there's GPSs, there's maps, there's all kinds of things. Are you out of your mind? Yet people will listen to others tell them forever about the important destination that they will spend eternity at. And they will let them believe that there are many, many, many ways. You just get to choose your own way of the place, not that you're going to be on vacation or not live for a few years, but the place in which you will spend eternity. Can I quote one of my dear friends? Eternity is too long to be wrong. I want to begin today with the four most popular views of what people culturally believe will get them to heaven. The first one is most everyone goes to heaven because God is a God of love. As a matter of fact, researcher George Bernia interviewed many born again Christians. And do you know what they said? They said that they believe that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior and that he alone is the way that they could go to heaven. But that was their way and their entrance into heaven. But someone else could get to heaven based upon living a good life. 
Millions of Americans have redefined grace to mean that God is so eager to save people from hell that he will change his nature and even his word for their individual benefit. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches us that when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, God told man in the day you touch or eat of the tree, you will surely die. They ate of the tree, didn't they? What happened? Did they fall over physically dead? No. But something did die that day. What died? Their spirit died. And from that day forward, every single human being, whether it's Billy Graham or Mother Teresa, when they were born, they were born spiritually dead. Romans 5.12 says it like this. When Adam sinned, the entire world was affected. Sin entered human experience and death was the result. So death followed this sin, casting its shadow over all of humanity. Why? Because all have sinned. Jesus was speaking and listen to what he said. God is spirit. Why is that so significant? Because when man died spiritually, there is now no way for man to communicate with God. God is a spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Man since the garden has been spiritually dead. Therefore, he has been separated from God. As a matter of fact, heaven is a spiritual place for people who are spiritually alive. The spiritually dead they will go to the place for the spiritually dead when they die. That place is called hell. Now, I know that many say, Pastor, how could a loving God send people to hell? Let me answer that. A loving God would send no one to hell. A loving God gives you the opportunity through all of creation to hear him speaking. A loving God gives you his word to hear him speaking. A loving God puts people around you and messages that you hear and things you hear on the internet and TV programs that you've seen and Christians that work on your job. And all of these different messages are messages from a loving God saying, I want to know you. I want to come into a relationship with you. The guilt, the fear, the shame that we live apart from God and feel apart from God remind us that we are separated from the one who created us. You see, God doesn't send anyone to hell. If you go to hell, it's because you've rejected every single person and thing. He has sent you from creation to every creature on two legs to remind you of his great love for you. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is, there it is, death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Here's the second popular belief about how you go to heaven. I can earn my way into heaven by good works on earth. In other words, when I die, I'm going to stand before God and there's going to be this big scale in the sky and God is going to be there on a big seat and they're going to add up all the good I did and all the bad I did. And if the good outweighs the bad, the pearly gates open and I go into heaven. If it doesn't, a trap door opens and I fall endlessly into the bottomless pit. That's not what the word of God teaches us. Listen to what it says. For it was only through the wonderful grace that we believed in him. Nothing we did could ever earn this salvation for it was a gracious gift from God that brought us to Christ. 
No one will be able to ever boast for salvation is not a reward for good works or human striving. Titus 3, 5 and 6 says this, He came to save us, not because of any virtuous deed that we have done, but only because of his extravagant mercy. Here's the third belief commonly held by those of how you get to heaven. Heaven is the default destination of good people. In other words, if you're just a good person, a good person, then regardless of what you believe in, regardless of which direction, you, if you're just a good person in your eyes, which is always subjective, if you're just a good person, you'll end up in heaven. Can I tell you what the Word of God says in Romans 3.10? For there is none righteous, no, not one. Here's the fourth popular belief that people have about how you get to heaven. Even if I don't go to heaven now, when I'm gone, others will pray me out of hell or another place until I get to heaven. I'm so glad that Jesus addressed this principle because many people believe that it's true. They believe that you can die not having faith in Jesus Christ, not trusting him as your Lord and Savior, not being born again, and that somehow when you're gone, people can elevate you from hell or another place of torment to a place of heaven. Jesus addressed this issue 2,000 years ago when he told a story of a very rich, wicked man and a poor beggar that sat outside of his gate. And here's what Jesus said in Luke 16. One day, the poor man Lazarus died, and the angels of God came and escorted his spirit into paradise. Some of you heard stories like that in the stories last week. The day came, the rich man also died in hell. He looked up, and from his torment, he saw Abraham in the distance, and Lazarus, this beggar, was standing there beside him in glory. So the rich man shouted out, Father Abraham, Father Abraham, have mercy upon me and send Landris to dip his finger in cool water and come and bring it to my tongue, for I am in agony in these flames of fire. But Abraham responded by saying, my friend, don't you remember while you were alive, you had all you desired, you were surrounded by luxury, while Lazarus had nothing. Now Lazarus is comforted in paradise and you are in agony. Now listen to this part. It's very important. Besides, between us is a huge chasm that cannot be bridged. One translation says that's fixed and it keeps anyone from crossing from one realm into the other, even if he wanted to. What was Jesus saying? Jesus was saying, there is no alternate place between heaven and hell that you get to wait to till someone prays you out of. As a matter of fact, the word of God says in Hebrews 9.27, as it is appointed for men to die once, but after death is the judgment. There's no second chance. There's no mulligan. There's no do-over. So then, pastor, wow. How, how do I get to heaven? I'm so grateful for the word of God because this is the roadmap to heaven. And there are four musts in the Bible that give us great clarity on how we can be sure of our eternity. Here's the first one. Number one, 
you must become a citizen of heaven to go. You must become a citizen of heaven. Philippians 3.20 says, For our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2.19 says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers or foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. First, you must become a citizen. Here's the second one. How do you become a citizen? You must be born in a country to be a citizen. Many years ago, my grandfather walked 800 miles from the interior of Mexico all the way to Houston. My father was born there. Then he was a citizen. Then I was born there. Then I was a citizen. How do you become a citizen of heaven? By being born again. Jesus said that in John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said to this man, Nicodemus, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He goes on to say, unless you are born again, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Here's the third thing. You must be registered in the book of of life. Now, this book is the Bible, but in heaven, there's a book called the book of life. And the moment that you are born again, that book is opened up and your name is inscribed in that book. You say, pastor, are you sure? Well, Jesus spoke of it. He sent his disciples out to heal the sick, to cast out demons and to preach the gospel. They came back fired up and listen to what they said in Luke 10, 19. Jesus said, Behold, I give you authority to trample over serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that spirits or demons are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. In Revelations 20, verse 12, it says this, At the end, I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is called the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the book. And the sea even gave up the dead and all who were in it. And death and hell delivered up all the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one of them, according to his works. Then death and hell were cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. Now watch this. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Yes, you must be a citizen of heaven. Yes, you, you, you must be born again. And here's my favorite part. You must come through Highway 146. You go, wait, wait, wait a minute, Pastor. Well, you, you talked to us about I-10, Florida, Houston. Well, what, what do you mean, Highway 146? I've heard of Highway 96. I mean, John 14, 6. There's only one way to get to heaven. It's Highway 146, John 14, 6, where Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one, listen carefully, this is Jesus speaking. No one comes to the Father except through me. In Acts 4, 12, Luke writes, nor is there salvation in any other, 
For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby they must be saved. 1 Timothy 2.5 makes it even clearer. For there is one God and one mediator, one go-between between God and man, and it is the man Christ Jesus. You see, God loves you so much. But not only did he give his son, he gave you a clear road map to get to heaven. Why? Because he would rather die than live without you. Because he wanted to spend eternity with you. That's the message of the cross. That's the message of this book. God pursuing man from the first page all the way to the end because he loves you with an everlasting love and he longs to do what his heart's desire was from the beginning of the garden before man ate and that is to spend eternity with you. I, I don't know about you, but there, there are people that I really, really like. Well, actually, there's people that I love and I love being with them, but, but sometimes when you're with people all the time, kind of enough is enough. I love my grandchildren coming over and my son and daughter-in-law and grandchildren. We enjoy them and it's wonderful for about three days. Then it's time for them to go home. I'm glad they came and I'm also glad when they leave. But the God of this book loves me so much that he wants to spend eternity with me. And he wants to spend eternity with you. As I age, I find my, my, my thoughts are leaving me. I don't remember what I used to remember. I'm always reminded each time I try to play basketball with one of my children that, that my heart is not as strong as it used to be. And then I look around and I, I, see, I see people that I love who begin to pass in their 50s and their 60s and their 70s and 80s. People that I've known for years. And they go into eternity. And then I realize that one day I too will go. My mind, my heart, my body. And then the final transfer I will enter eternity as my spirit leaves this life and goes to the next. To be in heaven with those I love and the one I love the most. Jesus, the one who gave his life for me. Do you know how to get to heaven? I want to give you an opportunity. I want to give you an opportunity. You know, every year, usually in April or May, we start getting all of these envelopes and in them, they're, they're pretty thick, but they're all invitations. And, and you know, on the bottom of them, they have these four letters, RSVP. Now that's French. So if you're from South Louisiana, you should know what that means. Respondez s'il vous plaît. Let me translate that into normal Cajun English. Y'all coming? Why? Because any place you go important, you need to have an invitation to get there. Today, I want to give you your invitation. 
so that you can make your RSVP, so that your name can be written in this book, so that when you take your last breath, not only do you have forgiveness of sins here, not only is guilt, fear, and shame removed from you here, not only do you have a dynamic relationship with a living God that loves you and cares for you, but that you spend eternity with Him. How can I do that, Pastor? By being born again right now. Matter of fact, I, I want to pray for you. I want to lead you through the ABCs. A, admit that you're a sinner. B, believe that Jesus Christ became your sin bearer. And he died on the cross for your sin so you wouldn't have to die with your sin. And C, confess Christ as your Lord and Savior so you can be born again. Would you pray with me? right now, if that's what you desire. Would you pray with me right now so that you can make your reservation in heaven and begin your relationship with God through Jesus Christ right now? Would you bow with me and repeat this prayer immediately after me? Dear Lord Jesus, maybe, maybe you're in a crowded room. Just repeat it quietly in your heart. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. Go ahead. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe it on the cross. You took my guilt, my sin, and my shame, and you died for it. I believe you faced hell for me, so I would not have to go. And you rose from the dead. Come on, say, you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn away from sin to be born again. Today, God is my Father. Jesus is my Savior. And I am born again in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed to be born again with Pastor Jacob, congratulations. You just made the greatest decision of your life. And we would love to help you on your next step. All you have to do is text Connect OSC to the number 41411. And somebody from our team is going to reach out to you. And we just want to help you on your spiritual journey. Thank you again to OSC and friends for your continued generosity during this crucial time. If you'd like to partner with us as we sent out 1,000 buddy boxes this week, all you have to do is text OSC Family to the number 77977. Or you can go to OurSaviorsChurch.com or click Give or mail to the address on your screen. Don't forget, next week we reopen the doors. If you need location or service times, go to OurSaviorsChurch.com. We can't wait to see you live or online. Thanks again. God bless. And we'll see you next week.